This is the Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast. This is episode 216, and I have a treat for you today. And his name is Naresh uh, Vissa. And he, and Naresh and I have known each other for uh, a number of years. He's a client of ours, he's spoken on the Cashflow Wealth Summit. But he just came out with a book that is really getting some people fired up, and it's called uh, Trump Book, How Digital Liberals Silenced a Nation into Making America Hate Again. And it is, uh, it's been really cool to talk to Naresh about, about this book and the response that it's, that it's getting. We're going to get into all of those details in just a moment, so you're uh, you're in for in for a treat, and then uh, look to the show notes uh, for some contact information for Naresh. Uh, you can also visit his website nareshvissa.com. Uh, really fascinating guy. I love my conversations with him, and you guys are uh, definitely going to uh, to see the the perspective he t- has as a as a marketing professional that has worked with so many different companies. The take that he has on uh, on Trump and what has occurred, uh, not just leading up to the election, but since. And uh, it was really a fun podcast. And uh, then next week, I have uh, another special guest and a really good friend of mine. He should be no stranger to many of you. His name's Tom Wheelwright. And we're going to get into the uh, Trump uh, tax plan. And, uh, and looking at you know my, my interview with Stephen Moore a, uh, a few weeks ago about his book that's coming out called Trumponomics based on his uh, insight and uh, not just insight, but uh, really his uh, being the, the Trump tax advisor. Uh, it's it's been a, it's interesting. I want to get Tom's take on it because Tom, uh, of course, is a, uh, a a CPA, also uh, one of the most renowned tax advisors uh, in the country, and a tax advisor to Robert Kiyosaki. He's also one of the uh, Rich Dad advisors. So I can't wait to talk to him about what his take is on the Trump tax plan, and uh, and then finally, just a uh, another plug for the Meet the Masters event this coming January. And I just heard. That there is a special guest, uh, actually, and I kind of knew this was going to happen. I just didn't uh, know that it was finalized. But the special guest is going to be Ron Paul. Uh, he will be the keynote speaker at the Meet the Masters event. So you definitely want to uh, definitely want to sign up. And if you are local and and can drive to La Jolla, uh, it definitely is going to be a uh, an event worth uh, worth attending, and I'm obviously going to be speaking, and Tom Wheelwright will uh, be speaking as uh, as well as well as Garrett Sutton and several others. So I can't wait for uh, that event in just a couple months, and I hopefully will be able to see you and meet uh, meet you there. All right, that is uh, that's it. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get to the interview with Naresh. So this is episode 216, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, Naresh. Welcome, uh, welcome to the show. I'm uh, really excited to have this uh, to have this interview. Uh, first, tell us where you're uh, where you're coming to us from. Well, first off, Pat, it's a pleasure to be on. First time guests on the show, even after all these years, and I am coming to you from not the United States, not North America, but from India. I'm overseas uh, in a hotel right now. My brother is getting married in a couple of days. So I'm here, well, it's actually like a four or five day wedding, uh, but the real wedding is the real ceremonies in a couple of days. 
So that's what I'm up to right now. It's evening for me, morning for you. Well, I'm glad we can make it work. Yeah, it definitely is a little earlier uh, than, I'm, than I'm used to to do an, uh, do an interview. But, uh, but I, I, yeah, this, this topic will get, uh, get probably a lot of juices flowing, including our, including our own. <laughs> uh, but, oh, you know, it's, yeah, uh, it's yeah. on your new book, right? And you've written, you've written a few books uh, so far, uh, mostly on uh, marketing topics. But this, uh, this new one, you ventured, you ventured out of that realm a little bit, still integrating some of the, some of the marketing aspect, uh, aspect of uh, our now present. Uh, but why don't you, yeah, give us a backstory on why you came up with the idea to write a book on, uh, on Donald Trump. It's a, a great question. It's not something that I planned to do. What happened was, Patrick, it was a day after the election. And, and before we get to the day after the election, the months leading up to the election, there was all sorts of stuff, noise, whatever you want to call it, on social media, particularly Facebook. And I had never seen uh, such a charged political environment. Uh, 2012, 2008, was, those were uh, the first time social media was used in politics. And it was bad, but it wasn't horrible. It wasn't, you know, unfriend, block. Um, in 2016, it, was, it became incredibly charged. And the day after the election, um, the Facebook just went ballistic. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine called me and said, hey, do you, are you on Facebook? And I said, yeah, I'm actually like glued to it today, just seeing all these crazy posts, crying and taking off of work and school, um, school yep, school and uh, leaving the country and my life is over. Um, you know, I have no future. My kids have no future. Just crazy, crazy posts. And my friend called me and he said, he said, look, these posts are really crazy. You need to do something with it. I don't know what, but you need to do something. I know you're capable of doing something with it. So then kind of the light bulb went off and I said, you know, you're onto something. Let me start compiling some of the craziest posts that I come across on Facebook. So over a period of the next from November of last year, all the way through this, this past summer, I started compiling posts that I saw on Facebook that really struck a chord, whether it be topical or just plain, I mean, I have no other word for it, but just plain stupidity, um, fear. I, I just started compiling it all. And that was the genesis of Trump book. It, was, it, it is Trump book shows people, not just those crazy idiotic posts, but it also goes into detail, provides research data and, al and analysis on how these posts, how Donald Trump's biggest detractors were actually his biggest supporters and how they got them, how they got him elected in 2016. Without them, there is no President Trump. So that's what the book is about. So let's, let's step back first and create a little context, right? Because you're, you're not this like hardcore Trump guy. No, I'm not a hardcore Trump guy at all. And the first chapter in the book, I had to uh, really make it clear that I didn't vote. I didn't vote in 2016 for anybody. And I go into detail about the vote shaming that I faced from anti-Trump folks because I didn't vote. You know, you lost as the election. It's people like you 
who are destroying this country, blah, blah, blah. And so I told them, I said, I said, oh, so you want me to vote in 2020? And they said, yes. And I said, okay, well, then I'll vote for Trump if you really want me to vote. And they said, oh, no, no, don't vote. Don't vote. Don't vote. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not a, uh, a, a huge Trump supporter by any means. There are some qualities in him that, that I do like, just like there were some qualities in Hillary Clinton that I liked as well, and 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 I get a lot of heat from from the from the light from the right or the alt right or whatever you want to call it for even praising Hillary Clinton for for anything. I mean, I think in she any deserves aspect. praise for anything in any aspect, right? So I'm not a big Trump guy, but I saw these posts and I was just fascinated by the way this man just came on the scene. He basically uh, took over a ball that was on. He dom he dominated. Right. I would say from the start and 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 i saw that on the first debate i wasn't really I was gonna say the same thing yeah. so 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 I, I wasn't really uh i had never even watched a full debate in my life and the first debate i saw all these people on facebook posting stuff so i was like man why is everyone posting stuff let me just check it out so i saw a little bit of the first debate then when i saw i, I was like man this is a pretty entertaining debate let's watch the second one so a few weeks later I saw the entire second debate from beginning to end. It was the same and thing. That's when, well, and that's when I said, this guy, I think yeah. he, he, he went from not, from not even being in the top 10 to at the end of the second debate being in the top three. And I said, this guy's going to win it simply because he's got the target on his back. He's going after everybody and everybody's going after him. They're singling yep. him out. The questions are geared towards him. Mm -hmm. uh, the media coverage is all about him. I don't care what they're talking about, what they're saying. I care more about, and I dig into the data on Trump book about basically the more you're talked about, the more you're going to, the, the more you're going to win. Yep. So the more likely you're going to win. And I think so Obama, had that going for, Obama had that going for him as well. I mean, Obama absolutely is coming out about him. I mean, it, it was very, very, it was a similar dynamic, but you know, Trump took it to another level, I think with the use of social media, specifically Twitter, uh, because Twitter. Obama was, you know, President Obama was, was more, more passive about it, but Donald Trump was anything but passive. He was, he, he knew exactly what he was doing. And I, I, we've had some podcasts in the past that have talked, talked about it. And, uh, and, He's been a master influencer, a master negotiator, and so it shouldn't be surprising, but yet at the same time, you know, the actual results, so what he actually does say and do, you wouldn't think that he really had his, his game plan together. Well, I'll say this. I don't know Trump personally. I sent the White House a couple of copies of the book, and we'll see if I get any type of response. Um, when I say, I have no idea if this was all planned out or if he just got lucky but it worked. Whatever he did, it absolutely worked. Now, what I can tell you, and a lot of people don't know this, Trump ran in 2000 for president. He was an independent, and he actually ran on a very left-wing kind of socialist platform. He wanted universal health care. He wanted Hillary care, actually, and he wanted Oprah to be his VP, and he and Oprah were buddies. Uh, he was, I mean, he was a very different candidate and if you look at some of his interviews from the 90s and in 2000 when he ran that was a very different trump in front of the camera as crazy as it sounds it was a much more articulate smarter um kind of over your head kind of trump you know more logical over your head trump mm -hmm. and so either he changed his style and and i'll get into uh, somebody who he hired 
to, uh, to do some data analysis, but either he changed his style on purpose or he just got older. And because he got older, you know, his mind changed and, you know, he, now he is who he is. But he hired a, a guy here where I am in Hyderabad, India. He hired a computer scientist to basically look at trends within each state and to use specific words that really trigger emotions in those states. Wow. This is some high, high level of data analysis that Trump was using, that Clinton didn't use, that Trump's opponents in the Republican Party didn't use. And this guy is now, he works, I don't know, he's doing something for, for Trump now in the White House, but he worked with the speechwriter and worked with Trump to really hit or to touch on certain trigger words and certain topics to really get those, you know, Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, those swing states yep. who people thought Trump had no chance of winning. Uh, he, in the end, it, it, it worked. And uh, he, you know, he, he tried using every tool in the book. It got very dirty. And so the, the book goes into those details, the data stuff, and I'll give it away, but at the, at the end of the book, I have a chapter on how to defeat Trump in 2020, which I don't think any of what I call digital liberals are going to follow. And by the way, the book's title is Trump Book, How Digital Liberals Silenced a Nation into Making America Hate Again. So um, I include how to defeat him in 2020. I don't think the digital liberals are going to follow that based on what I keep seeing on social media. And then I also include uh, at the very end, the chapter on why he's going to get reelected in 2020. And um, I still think it's going to happen. I do think these, I know this is your, your show today is, is about taxes. The uh, tax cuts are a very, very big deal. And, um, and if, if a good referendum is not passed by, I would say early next year, then I think that's going to affect the midterms greatly. And, and there would be some chance of, of defeating Trump in 2020. And I do, but I, I do think it's going to, something good is going to get passed for the, the Republicans and uh, all will be well. But barring that tax issue, um, it's looking like a landslide because people don't want to go up against him. You go up against them and you need to be ready to, it's going to get dirty. You need to be ready to be shamed. You only get one chance. And I, I don't think anybody wants to go up against him. No, because he's well. Let's 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 take this angle. So what you're seeing on on social media is is really stereotypical of social social media, where you have these emotionally driven debates, and it's not just the Trump thing. It's like everything, every topic you can possibly think of, think of. But if you look at that angle of making a statement or making an argument, and trying to win the argument, it never, it, it you never win right? Taking the, the emotional angle. And so what, you know, looking, looking at where people are at on social media, what they're saying about, about Trump and how it's actually providing fuel to him. What, what is that? What is that dynamic? Why isn't there, their anger, their, uh, I would say, you know, borderline hatred <laughs> toward, toward him and anything that he talks about or anything that he says, like, why do they continue to spin their wheels with that, uh, with that angle of, of trying to, you know, make, make, a, make a difference or create some, some element? People don't, people don't they, they think the more they hate on a candidate, the greater chance that the candidate's going to lose. And, you know, I tried, Patrick, I tried conversing with these people on Facebook. I was a victim of 
uh, bullying, of being blocked, being unfriended, being called names. And that was another genesis for writing the book because I said, I knew that I wasn't the only one. I heard it from so many different people who said, uh, I can't post anything on my Facebook. I can't talk about politics because I support Trump or because I'm going to vote for Trump. Just using and his so, name. Just using his name, right. And so uh, the I dedicated my book to four different elements. Element one was digital liberals because uh, they made it very easy for me to copy and paste their posts and to create a book out of it. Uh, number two was President Obama, um, <laughs> who I actually praise. You know, I, I think Obama gets a lot of heat, but um, just going into a little bit of detail about how I met Obama uh, long before he ran for president. And anyway, then I talked about my third dedication, which was to the year 2016. 2016 was just a wild year with Trump. It only fit that Trump won. Uh, you had the EU, Brexit, uh, Chicago Cubs being down 3-1 in the World Series. I mean, if you're a baseball fan, that that was just probably the craziest things, uh, craziest craziest thing to happen in, in a baseball fan's lifetime. Um, you had the Golden State Warriors who won 73 games in a season, which was never done before. Mm-hmm. And then they also blew a 3-1 series lead. So it was only fitting that Trump won. And then the fourth dedication went out to people who felt bullied by reading political posts on Facebook. Um, So this book, Trump book, essentially gives those people a voice, uh, an an outlet, because they don't get it from the mainstream news media. They don't even get it from Fox News. It's really more so that, hey, yeah, you've had to become this silent 49%, but there are 49% of you guys. And this book kind of goes into detail about that. Well, if you, if we strip away, strip away all of the, you know, the, the, the angle of preference, okay. The, the subjective nature of, I agree with this, or I uh, disagree with that. If you strip all, all of that away, the, the message that I, that I would assume, and I haven't read the book. uh, I'm looking at all the the chapters right now, uh, but we'll definitely put, links to this in the, in, in the show notes. So you guys can check out the book. But as I, I strip away all of this, there's something, there's something to learn, which is the fact that, you know, all, all human beings have this insatiable desire to, uh, to be heard or express their opinion and be right with that, with that opinion. And they, they fear more than like death being wrong. Right. And, and I look at, you know, really how individuals treated this situation and, and I would argue, and I know, you know, we've had this conversation before, you're playing right into the, the hands of Trump. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to take any, any type of side, but talking about, you know, what a digital liberal is, the angle that they're taking <clears throat> is, is basically the angle they would take if they wanted the certainty of losing. If they wanted the certainty of not winning the fight, that is the angle that they, that they take. So it's interesting. I mean, why don't you comment on that a little bit and maybe, you know, get more into uh, some details if, if you, if you, if you're open to that or else, or unless you want people yeah. to read the book, no, 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 you know, no. what it would take to win in 20, in 2020, what liberals would have to do in order to win in, in 2020. Well, the first thing I want to piggyback off is you don't beat Trump or you in general in life, you're not going to win by giving somebody more attention. By giving Trump more attention, you are making him relevant. You're making him the water cooler talk. You're essentially 
rallying support for him. There's this, I talk about one of Newton's laws, uh, laws, equal but opposite. And that goes for politics as well. In this book, I don't say the most loved candidate wins. I don't say the most uniting candidate wins. I actually believe that the, the most hated candidate wins. The most divisive candidate wins. And it goes into details about some of the great leaders in our lifetimes who were incredibly uh, hated and who were incredibly divisive. Um, if we go back through history, Alexander the Great, Genghis Khan, Kublai Khan, even here in the United States, we had our own uh, Abraham Lincoln. He, he, he's, uh, he's very sacred, but people don't know that he was a very divisive person at very. the time. Yeah. At the time. Uh, now we say, oh, you know, he did lots of great things for the slaves. But at the time, he was incredibly divisive, incredibly hated. Yes. And he ended up being, being hypocritical, very hypocritical, too. And very hypocritical, awesome. too. Yep. Absolutely. FDR, same thing. Uh, overseas, here in India, Indira Gandhi was the first female prime minister of India, probably one of the first female uh, leaders in an emerging country. And she was incredibly, she was also assassinated, incredibly hated, incredibly divisive. So the first thing I want to say is you don't beat Trump by giving him more attention. Mm -hmm. You beat him by making him irrelevant. Just like the digital liberals made Rand Paul, Ben Carson, Mike Huckabee, all these guys were irrelevant. Even Jeb Bush, irrelevant. They, were, they showed up to the debates. They tried to put on a show, get voters. But the digital liberals chose to ignore them and to focus on Trump. Mm -hmm. So if you want to beat him in 2020, then Mark Cuban, for example, said he might run as a Republican against Trump in 2020. Well, you know, focus on Mark Cuban. Don't focus so much on Trump, yep. whether it's the positives or the negatives. So that's, that's really step number one in defeating him. But then there are other steps that people, that, that these digital liberals need to take, like acceptance you know it's it's like the, the election is over yet people don't accept you see all the time you know not hashtag not my president the the what's going on in the nfl you know this guy's not my president we're not visiting the white house this year um you gotta accept the results what happened because if you can't move on today then you're gonna lose tomorrow yep. and right now there is no zero acceptance on this trump's social media activity has been going up 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 and i'm talking about his engagements people writing his name uh talking about him the policies about the smallest things um it just keeps keeps going up and you're so, and you're primary and the, and, the, and you gotta you gotta take a step back as well because you're the, the lens that you see the world through and and i would i would say i have kind of a, a partial lens uh of that which is which is marketing and marketing, you know, really, especially in this digital digital age, it, it's a it's really about uh, playing on on emotions, okay? And and that's what whether you look at the music of a commercial or the language or the keywords that are used, I mean, there there's so much that goes into that that people are oblivious to. And so, looking at the world through that lens, I mean, you're you're seeing between the lines, and again, stripping away all bias toward you know whatever candidate. Uh, or, or opinion. I mean, th this is, it's, it's something that he's, you know, a master at and he played, he played the United States and specifically the audience online, like a, like a fiddle or an or I would say an, or an orchestra, what he did. orchestra. 
where everything that he says is to really incite an emotional response. And when he gets that response, that fuel, it's like gasoline and more gasoline and more logs. I mean, you're, you're, fuel, you're fueling the fire. And I'm not saying, you know, for those that are pro-Trump, okay, I'm, not, I, I'm not trying to make an opinion against or for him. I'm just saying that, you know, really looking at what you're alluding to in your book, there's, there's, this, there's this interesting, you know, dynamic where what the, what the, those that are responding emotionally, what they're trying to get, uh, they're getting the opposite of, the exact opposite. And it's, and it's fascinating. Yeah, Patrick. So uh, Trump really took the fundamentals. If you read some of the great books of copywriting, sales copy, online sales copy, uh, Trump did a great job. And again, I don't know if he did it on purpose or if it just, he got lucky. But the goal of copywriting is to write at a second or third grade level so that the average human being can understand what you're saying. And that's why, that's what Trump does. He repeats himself constantly and it comes across as kind of just stupid to some people, but the to the masses. The psychology is like- Exactly, exactly. And so um, the, the goal with copy, if you're reading something, you're, not, you're gonna stop reading if it's boring. The goal with copy is to incite, whether it's positive or negative, you wanna touch on the emotions. And so he mastered the art of what's called newsjacking. Newsjacking is the science of injecting one's ideas into a story so that the ideas and their creator get noticed. So the basic formula for newsjacking, Trump took world events or politics and he added his own hyperbole to sell his ideas. Even, so even social news. Even social news, you, you name it. So uh, there's a shooting in a gay nightclub in Orlando and people on the, the left, their response is always, oh, let's ban guns. People are tired of that response. You know, we, we hear that all the time. A major gun event happened. It, it doesn't really strike up too many emotions, but Trump took it to the next level. And yes, it might've come across as racist or wrong, but he said, I'm, I'm calling for a ban today. If I were president, I'd call for a ban right now on all Muslims entering the United States, they're a threat to this country, blah, blah, blah. And yes, he pissed off all the digital liberals. He pissed off a ton of people, all the Muslims. But there is that segment of the population who are not racist. They're not, they're not racist. They just want to feel safer and know that they're going to put a leader into office who is going to take this stuff seriously and not just come into office and you know, do nothing and just give speeches, which is what a lot of presidents have done in the past. So that's essentially, you know, it's like you can't just ban a religion. That's completely unconstitutional. It's never going to pass. And that's why uh, his, his bans, not on Islam, but on certain countries, have had to go through the courts because they're still going through the constitutionality of all of it. But just the idea of this man wants to keep our country safe. He wants to stand up for us. That went a long way with a ton of voters. And the same goes with illegal immigration, not immigration, but illegal immigration. Uh, people who are coming in, taking the benefits that the United States provides, um, doing other bad things. And, and his solution was, look, you can still come to this country. Just go through the process like all the other people. Get your paperwork and you can come to this country and do what you'd like. You know, we're not going to just let in random people. So anyway, uh, newsjacking is, um, is a term that I go into detail about. 
Trump did a great job of newsjacking because it ties into the mainstream news media. When the candidate says something crazy through newsjacking, the news media loves it and they run with it and they give it. He's, Trump spent less than half of what Hillary Clinton spent on advertising and promotion because of all the coverage that he and his ideas were getting. Yeah. Well, let's do, let's do this because it's, fa- it's a fascinating topic. And, uh, and I didn't know you were writing this, this book until uh, just, uh, just about a month ago. And it, there's so much in here. I mean, some of these chapter topics look absolutely fascinating. But let's, um, let's, let's, let's maybe touch with the, the final minutes that we have. Let's touch on the res- – I mean, the book's not even out yet. But let's touch on the response that you're, that you're getting already. Because you sent this book out to, uh, to quite a few people. And you know, spe- specifically, you have chapters on uh, some of the professional athletes that are trying to make a difference given their you know, social status. Uh, and then also some, some Hollywood, Hollywood actors. I mean, why don't, why, don't you tr- why don't you touch on some of the response that you're getting, whether it's from media or whether it's from you know, some of those, those, uh, those social icons? Yeah, Pat, it's actually been a struggle. Just like uh, digital liberals have silenced a nation uh, or silenced the silent 49%, my book, I don't want to say I've been silenced, but my book has, uh, has been silenced by some of my book promoting partners, book marketing partners, people who I've worked with for years. And uh, I don't think your audience knows. So my background, I run a, an online and digital agency and we provide pretty much every service imaginable online and digital. I've worked with you, Pat, for years. I've worked with many other people, publicly traded companies, Fortune 100 companies. And so my background is on online and digital. And, and this book merges um, that with politics in the 2016 election. So I know how to market books. I've sold more than 10,000 books over my lifetime. Not, not me personally, but for, uh, for or sorry, tens of thousands of books um, over the last three or four years. I know how to market. I know how to market books. But this is a different case where uh, the partners are not uh, working with me because they said, this is too controversial. This piss, pisses off our audience. They're not doing anything. And uh, it, it's unfortunate because these are the same people who are promoting and marketing retired Democratic congressman books, uh, Hillary Clinton's new book, um, you know, basically the other side. And so it, it's been a challenge and that's why, uh, you know, I'm here talking to you about it and I'm going on uh, some other alternative media outlets to talk more about it uh, in depth. So it, it's been a challenge and I've sent the books to people who I've targeted Uh, not targeted, but who I've kind of called out in the book, uh, Hollywood actors and actresses about their, uh, some of their statements that they've made, other politicians, you know, Mark Cuban's running in 2020, uh, some of the athletes and uh, coaches. I specifically have an entire chapter dedicated to three NBA coaches and I sent them all free copies of the book and they've responded back. People have responded back and I I was actually impressed with, uh, with some of them uh, saying that, uh, you know, they would, they've, they've read parts of the book and they're going to check it out during their all-star break or in the off season. And, um, and they're pretty open to, to the ideas there. 
But these guys, these athletes, celebrities, they live in their own bubble. They're out of touch with reality. They don't know. They know next to nothing about the issues. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and what I've noticed, because I've actually gone back and forth via email with some of these guys. I mean, I'll say uh, Detroit Pistons head coach Stan Van Gundy. Mm -hmm. uh, we've gone back and forth via email, and he's a great guy, and his team's off to a great start this year. I wish them all the best. But when I, when I look at what he says about Trump and about the system, I think the – the bottom line with these people is they are products of corporatism. They got lucky to, to get a job that pays them literally tens of millions of dollars every year. They have tens of millions of dollars in the bank, assuming that they didn't spend it all, which a lot of them do. Um, and so they think it's an easy thing. Oh yeah. Just, just, uh, just hire more people, you know, just hire more people, give them jobs or just government needs to give people, you know, money or provide this, provide that. And they don't really understand what the average middle American goes through. No, and that's a great, it's a great point because if you look at superficiality of, of, uh, of, of what they're, of what they're saying, but I would, I would say it comes back to the same thing, right? It's they're, they're using their social, social status really to, to put a stake in the ground, but in, in the end, whether you look at like the NFL players, you know, take, taking a knee during the national anthem or whether you look at, you know, statements that, you know, co coaches are, are making or, or Hollywood, Hollywood actors, it's one, of the, it's one of those things where, you know, they're just they're playing right into the hands of, uh, of the narrative and, and what Trump is trying to get as a response, in, in, my, in my opinion. Uh, but it's good that you got, the, you got some good, good response and I'm sure that that's going to create some uh, momentum, momentum for you. Uh, but what do you, I mean, maybe talk about some of the goals that you have with, you know, with the book, like, what are you trying to, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, what's, what's the, you know, what's the idea behind, you know, really pulling, pulling out some of the, you know, the strategic angles of, uh, of, of Trump and what he's been able to do to, you know, the media and just to, to society in general. Well, initially when I write my books, so I've written, uh, we didn't go over this, but I've written a couple of books on online and digital business, online marketing, digital marketing, podcasting, et cetera. It's usually an idea that I have. And then I run with the idea because, um, I found something in this case, there, it, it was a hot topic and there's just so much to talk about. It's, it's not a, a simple, you know, 250 words that can be summed, summed up. There's so much to talk about. And I didn't really think about the end goal. But surprisingly, already as a result, I've gotten uh, clients from the political space, like former congressmen from both sides, Democrats and Republicans. Wow. And these are people who don't know much let's say close to nothing about online these are people who don't know what godaddy is how to get a website uh the benefits of being online you know they're really old school that's kind of how dc is and so if that happens great if if that continues if uh you know i think i can help a, a lot of these politicians with their online and digital strategy because whoever wins online and digital is going to win it all and think about it and maybe you did some research into this but i would say if you look at you know the the hillary campaign okay i i, I would just, i would just assume i'm just making assumptions but you you would assume that the the marketers that were hired 
those that you know gave gave Hillary you know in, information details of how she should respond, they they were probably totally you know sub, subjectively bought into her message, uh, her narrative, her philosophy, and so those gla the glasses they put on removed the possibility of being objective and responding in a way that would have made a, a difference, right? Because you can imagine they, you know, probably just bought into making the, the, you know, the emotional, irrational type of statements as a reaction to his, you know, silliness some, sometimes. Did you, I mean, what did you find with the marketing angle of, of Hillary Clinton's camp campaign? Was that, was there some truth to that or? Yeah. Well, well, so there, there were a couple of issues there. Number one is she didn't come across as real. She had people running her social and online media, whereas, you know, breaking story or top headline for CNN was some tweet that, that Trump put out. And you couldn't take Clinton's Twitter profile, Facebook profile seriously because of that, because she probably didn't know how to use it. And a lot of these politicians don't know uh, how to use smartphones and how to stay up to date on the technology. The second thing uh, is her message became, and it, it didn't start out like this, but her message became uh, me versus him. Yeah. Whereas uh, Trump's message from the start was us versus them. And the them was everybody, yep. everybody else. Um, Hillary just kind of focused on him and in her commercials her commercials were, were basically advertisements for Trump because she featured <laughs> him. She, she took um, snippets from his speeches or press conferences and you didn't even see her. She didn't even put herself in half of the advertisements. And I'm wondering why is she spending all this money? She raised all this money and she's spending millions of dollars to show Donald Trump's face and uh, <laughs> give him more air. That's so what, true. What, I, I, and, and at the time when it happened, I, I was telling people, I said, I can't believe because a lot of these digital liberals posted on Facebook saying, oh, amazing ad. This is great. And I would just comment and say, this is really dumb. I don't know why she's why she's not focusing on herself, you know. Yeah. So um, well, I think the next person will do a better job of that. Did you uh, did you have anything in a book about some of the, the pet names that uh, that Donald Trump created for? For all of the all of his opponents, I mean, I know he had you know Lion Ted Cruz, Crooked Crooked <laughs> Hillary. <laughs> I can't remember some of the other, some of the other ones, but was what, what was uh what's your what was your take on that? Was that strategy or was that just you know silly uh, silliness? Well, again, back to what I said, um, it was it was great. It was genius what he did. Whether he did it on purpose or not, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. But. Crooked Hillary, um, what po Pocahontas, even though she wasn't a, a uh, competitor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, those really caught on. And, and then Saturday Night Live um, and a lot of these other spoofs, The Daily Shows, Bill Maher, they ran with all this. They ran with it, and it, it was all about him. 2016 was, was the year of, of Trump. So I, I don't know why so many people were surprised by it. The data, the online data showed that um, what was really weird for me was the, the bulk of the online data that showed that George W. Bush would win in 2004, Obama would win in 2008 and 2012. That same data 
uh, you know, the Google trends, the online engagements, the same data showed that uh, Trump was double what Obama was in 2008. Wow. And at the same time, you know, the polls and Vegas, he was getting creamed. And so yeah. oh, I, remember. It, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. So that's what didn't make sense to me, because on the one hand, I'm looking at this set of data that's like, man, this is it's a no brainer that he's going to win it. But on the other hand, you look at some of these gurus who have never been wrong. Some of these Vegas bookies who have never been wrong. Uh, Nate Silver, who had never gotten a state wrong. And it just completely blew up in all their faces. And so what that told me was online and digital trumps it all. Okay, Naresh, well, we could probably go off on so many different tangents, uh, but we'd give the whole book away. Uh, so let's, uh, let's leave it at that. I'll, so tell, tell, uh, tell the listeners the best way to, uh, to, get, to get the book. And do you have a release date yet? Yeah, so um, it's out. It's available. Oh, it's available. Okay. All yeah. right. Um, website is nareshvisa.com, N-A-R-E-S-H-V-I-S-S-A, nareshvisa.com. You can get on my free mailing list, subscription list, uh, get there. And all my books are available on Amazon. So just go to Amazon. You can type in my name and it's, it's all there. If you want to find out more about online, digital, podcasting, public relations, really anything e-commerce related, it, it's all available there. Okay, beautiful. Well, Naresh, it was awesome, uh, awesome to have you on. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the festivities in, uh, in India. And then uh, we'll definitely get you on in the future. All right, awesome. Thanks, Pat. Okay.